You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 93 of the Comic Book Informer Cop Podcast. Oh, I did it again. Oh, I had one thing to do right. One. I feel so much better. Oh. I'm not the only one who screws up. You know what? I, I would say let's re-record, but you'll just put the original in anyway. It's going to be at me. the end, so one way or another, it's in there. <laughs> So, yes, welcome to Comic Book Informer Podcast. So, Roger, what is the more important news, the fact that I'm back, or the fact that we're recording on Wednesday? You know what? Shut up. <laughs> That's not fair. Listen, <laughs> the one thing, and this is for everybody listening as well. I know I wasn't updating the site, but that's because we've been quite busy with another project. But, And I'd seen this as well when Vince was taking a break from um, our gaming podcast as well. It is insanely difficult to coordinate times with other podcasters, anybody else who you'd record with. And I mean, we've, we got to see some of that over the years with our gaming podcast when we do interviews and all that. But for the most part, the three of us at least, our schedules weren't bad. Uh, the worst being Joe, but even then it wasn't that bad. So we were always we were always able to do our regular nights for the most part, you know. And so when I was doing this, it was like, oh my God, it's so hard to try to coordinate times with everybody. And then with Sarah, unfortunately, her schedule for uh, at the beginning was reasonably uh like uh, steady and then all of a sudden it just changed and it was all over the place so the poor girl she felt bad poor girl and she wanted to be here but then it was like there was just no time so so shut up we did the best we could without you here buddy okay and here no. i was i i had like applause ready that he's back applause and no you're not even getting that anymore well that maybe should have would have had the applause if i had tripped all over myself at the intro uh, even then <laughs> but no i I, I did take some time off to uh, handle some personal things, so big thanks to you for keeping the ball rolling. And, and Sarah, she did the best job she possibly could trying to keep you in line. Okay, again, with the insults. <laughs> you, what, you've been saving this for a month oh, now, haven't yeah. you? <laughs> it's been building up. Now, you, you guys had some pretty uh, interesting episodes while I was gone. The, the Key Leaf stuff with uh, and James Dennis. That was that was very very fun to listen to for multiple reasons. But you you, you get some you did some good work. With well, that. yeah, and James has been fantastic. I mean, you couldn't ask for a nicer guy in terms of um, being completely open to constructive criticism and understanding that it's subjective constructive criticism so take from it what you want kind of thing to the point where it's funny you brought him up i literally heard from him today and he was <laughs> saying that he is putting out a collection of short stories and because i'd mentioned that i'd be curious what his short story and, and novel work is like he said if you would like you can you can read these he says and i'm not expecting it to be on the comics podcast but if you'd like to and even give me your thoughts on it that'd be great and i said of course i would and i will once i, I get them and and am able to read through them i will even if it's just a, a couple of minutes to see what I think a bit of them on the podcast, I will for sure tell them. Um, so yeah, so that was that was very awesome. All right. So the whole time I was gone, I missed a number of things. You know, chatting, being able to talk about comic books with people who read them, because most of my friends uh, have stopped reading them, and the ones that do, you know, they read them several months behind, and this and that. But the one thing I missed the most was forcing you to read things. I had a feeling <laughs> you were gonna like. 
So that's kind of what I've built this episode around. <laughs> and the first comic we're talking about is Hawkeye. Uh, first two issues are out, uh, written by Matt Fraction with art by David Aja. And I know as this was coming out, we were hearing so many great things about it. And personally, uh, Fraction and Aja, when the two of them are working together, they are fantastic. I love the work they did on uh, Immortal Iron Fist. So when you get a writer and an artist that really work well together and put them on a project for a character you hate, <laughs> it, it leads to some interesting situations. And overall, I, I still I'm not like a Hawkeye fan, but I did enjoy the couple issues I read. What about you? Well, see, that's the thing. When you're looking at this series, and I, I will flat out say it, I actually did enjoy it. It wasn't just that, hey, this isn't bad. No, I actually enjoyed them. But the thing is, is that that's not freaking Hawkeye, okay? <laughs> they, that's why it's so That's <laughs> right. That's not the same character. So that's like taking freaking any character in the Marvel Universe that is not liked, I mean, if there's one more than Hawkeye, <laughs> and suddenly giving him a good personality, making him a puppy saver, you know, someone who is great is saving not just people going to hate the guy who saved a dog really <laughs> they made him into this great guy this underdog that is fighting to be equivalent to these gods that he's in the avengers with um and so keeps practicing and pushing himself and all of that like it's written in a way that the character is phenomenal he's a very likable guy so again, it's, but that's not who he is. So I can appreciate what this is and I can absolutely love it. But again, you, you, you threw a, a very positive spin on a character that is nothing but a jerk everywhere else. See, and that's the main reason why we haven't liked Hawkeye because yes, he's just a dude with a bow and arrow and he's hanging out with, you know, gods and guys in billion dollar suits of armor and, you know, mutants and, you know, what have you. And Whereas somebody like, let's say Spider-Man, as much as we love Spider-Man, let's be honest, he's not quite on the other guy's level. And we see that when he's with the new Avengers and stuff like he, you know, he knows. But the way he approaches it is is a little different. And Hawkeye kind of has the same approach as a character most of the time with, you know, you know his mouth kind of taking up and, you know, his bravado. But Hawkeye has always been written more abrasive than Spider-Man in those situations. And it, it, I really do think the two of them are very similar characters in an Avengers setting. Just oh, Spider-Man's hilarious when he's making fun of the thing. Hawkeye's a jerk. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Seeing this more grounded approach to the character and seeing Hawkeye doing stuff outside of the Avengers is something I enjoy. Because even when I've seen like other Hawkeye miniseries and stuff, he's still doing this big superhero stuff. And I'm like, he's a dude with a bow and arrow. I'd like to see him do something a little more grounded. And for me personally, this is one of the few times I've actually seen him do that. And it, it does work for the character. I don't know why we haven't seen more of this before. And again, just like I said, Fraction, he gets a bad rap because he's written some not so good things. <laughs> Personally, as much as a Thor fan of I am, I didn't like his Thor. But I've also loved a lot of other stuff he's done in the past. And we've seen this throughout a lot of comics, especially recently, where you just have a writer and a project that fit together better than others sometimes. And especially working with Aja, this was a great fit all around. I see it. And again, it's one of those where uh, if... I, I, I'm having to look at this as completely separate from regular canon, though. And to me, that's the only thing that's bothering me. Uh, and when I say bother, I'm, you know, it's just kind of irking me. Because 
if it was part of the canon and this is who the character is, then I actually would be much more willing to read other things with him in it. But I know that it's not. And even as you're reading it, that lie is always in the back of your head saying, wow, this is awesome. It's not true. This ain't who the dude is, but it's awesome. And because to me, the whole, it's just a dude with a bow. I, if I'm willing to suspend my disbelief for freaking Thor Nancy Pants and all these other guys, eh, I'm all right with a guy who's damn good with a bow. Fine, I'm willing to deal with that. And if he works hard and pushes and all that to be the best so that he's not on par, but, you know, he's there and he's helping out, then then fine, I'm all right with that. Was it uh, one of the recent issues of AVX? You know, he, like, shot Cyclops in the back of the head yes. of the arrow, and he basically just turned around and looked at him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he, you're not helping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, again, if it was something where this character, that that portrayal of the character could continue on i'll i would love that absolutely love that because quite frankly that egotistical jerk that we get everywhere else is just a pain in the ass and i understand that you you kind of need some of those characters so that it's not everybody's a nice guy but just make him the underdog that you can cheer for instead of the jackass that you're hoping gets nailed by a superhero villain or a hero. <laughs> and then just before we move on, one other thing that made me very happy about this was an issue two. Kate Bishop shows up uh, for the many, many people out there who don't know. Kate Bishop was from the Young Avengers comic. And, you know, she was herself just a normal person hanging out with, you know, uh, somebody who has blood from another super soldier. And you're basically young versions of the Avengers. And it just through events, she ended up. Uh, becoming the the young version of Hawkeye. And great character, as all the characters in that comic were. And there was a really fun moment um, right after Clint came back from the dead when he said, you know, she was the Hawkeye while I was being a ninja sort of person. Before he started uh, dressing up as Ronan, uh, Tony Stark actually brought him in. And this was right after Captain America had died. So he was trying to talk Clint into becoming the new Captain America because, you know, with his marksman training and stuff, you know, he could actually throw the shield and be effective. <laughs> Whereas he said, wow, you're the first person who's done that without breaking his arm. <laughs> so th he's out on patrol as Captain America along with Iron Man, and he runs into the Young Avengers, and she's dressed as Hawkeye. And he freaks out at her. He's like, what are you doing wearing that costume? You haven't earned that. And then she turns right back around. She's like, you're not Captain America. What are you doing? So right from the beginning, these two characters had a really interesting relationship. And I, I love that we're going to get a chance to see that relationship grow with uh, him taking her on as a protege. That's something I'm particularly looking forward to. Yeah, I agree. Hey, the series as it stands, I I look forward to every issue. It's just disappointing that it's not, you know actual canon in terms of the portrayal of the characters but otherwise it's a damn good read yeah very very highly recommended and the other comic we're talking about today is godzilla the half century war uh it's being published by idw comics and it's written uh and art by james stokoe and throwing it out there heather breckel does a phenomenal job with the colors in here yeah and I'm throwing this out there. I am and always have been a huge Godzilla oh, fan. Surprise, surprise. I oh, my God. <laughs> growing up, uh, one of the local TV channels, after Saturday morning cartoons, every Saturday they used to show a Godzilla movie. And it just got me into that, you know, the, the whole Toho thing. And throughout my whole life, I've I've seen them all multiple times. I just enjoy them. It's one of those guilty pleasures, but... 
I, I can also respect what they're doing, where the, the whole concept is coming out of, you know, the atomic age and the horrors that it can unleash upon the world from the Japanese perspective. And you know, they chose to personify it in this big monster who was at first a threat to the nation and then be, kind of became a, a, a symbol and a hero. And it's, it's always been interesting. And they've actually been putting out a, a number of Godzilla comics over the last few years. I hadn't read any of the miniseries that came out uh, over the couple previous years. Heard they were fantastic. I just haven't had time or uh, been able to track them down. Uh, they're also putting out a current ongoing series, which is also tons of fun. You know, just releasing all the monsters and all hells breaking loose. But this one is much more focused, uh, where it's actually, from the beginning taking off right where the original 1954 movie was and following these groups of characters in their, I don't want to say fight because you can't fight Godzilla, but <laughs> in the, in their attempts to handle Godzilla over the course of 50 years. And I'm really interested in seeing how they're going to take that spin on it. And it just as a fan, I absolutely love this comic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had <laughs> no 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 for the most part it's positive and again it's one of those where I can appreciate if you are a fan of Godzilla this is very good I actually really I'm digging the art style I, oh, I Stoko is I absolutely amazing. love the art style the colors like you said are phenomenal and the pacing of the story is fantastic the writing is very good that the characters are very interesting it's again for what it is, it's very good. Now, that said, of course, as you can obviously tell, I'm not a big Godzilla fan. <laughs> I have my guilty pleasures. How, how can I guess? <laughs> yeah. I, I got my guilty pleasures as well, but Godzilla ain't one of them and never was. And so so it's, it's unfortunate, but again, it's because it's that guilty pleasure for me. It, as I'm reading, there's far too much of the, I don't want to say eye-rolling, but it's like, ugh. <laughs> it's like I, I I was squealing like a little girl when the Mazers showed up in issue two. <laughs> it's like it's the Mazer cannons, awesome. <laughs> so yes, for you it's awesome. For me, it's like oh come on. But but I knew you. I mean, you know it immediately that okay, like this is it's Godzilla. So you don't have to say any more than that. So because it's not my deal, again, I I can sure as hell appreciate the work that went into it. And and appreciate that if you're a Godzilla fan, this is a phenomenal comic. But for me, I'm not going to be reading anymore. Boo. What if I make you? You can't. I read <laughs> these two because you told me to for his. We're not doing the whole thing again. You know, when I, when I posted on Twitter that this episode was going to be about making you read stuff <laughs> just out of hilarity. Oh, I know. I, you... I, I was waiting for you to reply with, I'm not reading Thor. <laughs> I, well... <laughs> Yeah, because this is that much better. <laughs> it's, it's Thor or Godzilla. You choose. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can't say enough just how amazing this comic is visually. Because the sense of scale, uh, if nothing else, when you have you know these tiny little tank and you know the size of one of Godzilla's toes, the way he handles it with the detail of the devastation and the rubble, and I mean, you can see every window on every building in Tokyo. Stoko is ridiculous, and that's why it kind of takes him six months to put out a comic. Uh, a lot of times, uh, he has uh, his main 
comic is called Orc Stain. I've heard fantastic things about it. I actually uh, checked out the first issue last night, and yeah, it's it's along the same level with that detail. And now I know why it's come out with seven issues in three years. But it it's I, I don't care how often it comes out, honestly, if it's this darn good. And just the, the subtle effects, like uh, the first big two page splash of Godzilla in that first issue, when he puts out you know his iconic roar, and the way it's lettered is like an oscilloscope. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually, you know, the, the squiggly lines are correct for the traditional Godzilla roar to go along with that. So <laughs> every single little thing about it is is just mind blowing. And I, I would post these on the wall because almost any page in here is a beautiful piece of art and tells a good story for fans like me. And I'm sure there's one or two others of our listeners out there who have to be almost as big of a nerd as I am when it comes to things like this. If it makes you feel better to think that, <laughs> knock yourself <laughs> Can't out. Can't be the only one, please. <laughs> All right. And I kind of just wanted to uh, touch on those two comics somewhat more briefly than usual because I don't know about you, but I've got a lot of what I've been reading. <laughs> I'll let you go first. <laughs> because uh, it's been a while, yeah. and I'm not going into any huge detail. First of all, AVX has managed to get worse, hasn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Although the one positive thing is now, not just is it the fans that hate Scott, but everybody in the comics universe hates him too. It's basically understood that everybody, whether fictional or not, you're going to open up freaking New York Times best-selling novels and it's going to be in there. Somebody, they don't like Scott. Okay, early on in the crossover, I was praising a lot of the tie-ins because I found them to be interesting and doing their own things and telling different sides of the stories. And like I said, I was enjoying the crossovers far better than I was the main series. But you could tell after three or four months, the crossovers really ran out of things to do. Meanwhile, the main story was approximately halfway over. So most of the crossovers kind of fell apart. A lot of the comics that were doing crossovers just gave up. We're like, yeah, we're done with the crossovers. We're going to do our own thing. Yeah, yeah. But uncanny x-men oh my god you, you were talking about the sinister stuff uh yep. a few weeks ago sinister stuff was great ha, did you read the latest issue though i think it was issue 18 actually no i haven't that's i'm, oh, I'm getting man. caught up on the last few couple of things or actually hold on a second no i did read it i did read okay. it the one where we have scott and emma having the yeah. psychic conversation while all the events of avx of 11 are going on on the side so well written Loved the stuff with uh, Peter and Ileana, too. Really didn't see that coming. Uh, that's great, because I, I love those characters. I've always, I always have since I was a kid. And just, I'm sorry, Kieran Gillen absolutely killed it with this crossover. He's like, this is how you do a tie-in, people. <laughs> yeah, because if you're looking at, I, I think it's Legacy. Legacy pretty much gave up and just sent Rogue... Yeah, <laughs> let's just send her to another dimension, planet, whatever. <laughs> like we're out of ideas. Just yeah. That being said, the story that she was in was actually fun to read. More fun than AVX. Well, I can think of a lot of things more fun than AVX. Oh, yeah. I have an instruction manual here for my new remote control. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on from AVX, uh, Ultimate stuff. I, of course, Ultimate Spider-Man has been consistently amazing, but I'm. Really surprised as to how much I'm enjoying Ultimate X-Men and the Ultimates right now because they're doing this big crossover, uh, United We Stand, Divided We Fall, where a series of catastrophes have split the country apart. And they've brought in new writers with Sam Humphreys on Ultimates and Brian Wood on uh, Ultimate X-Men. And over the last several issues, I've really become attached to these comics for the first time in several years. I, I'm really enjoying the entire Ultimate line 
for the first time in longer than I can remember. I actually need to get caught up on the actual Ultimates because I've just been reading the Ultimate X-Men to get that side of the story of what's going on. And I would mentioned before, too, it's one of those where you really have to be keeping up with what's going on because if not, you're going to be lost. And I don't know how they're going to either recover from this or they'll have to continue because it's damn near a post-apocalyptic yeah. setting in some of these areas. So I don't know if it's going to remain that way or if by virtue of magic, comic book magic, it'll all be made all right later on. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, no, the stories have been very, very good in that. And that's one of the things I've always liked about the Ultimate Universe is they had a chance to do this big, insane stuff like this. They've just never quite fully gone with it. Yeah, they had the, 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 the Magneto tidal wave disaster and ultimatum and i say disaster on more than one level when referring to that but this is the first time they've at least in my feeling they're doing something with scope and permanency to it and if you read uh, the latest issue of ultimates you'll see they really are making some changes and and, like, and i hope that they stick with the permanence like you were saying it's it's one of those where i don't know what it is about about them but it's like they're afraid to continue in that type of a setting it's like we'll take it far we'll create this this post-apocalyptic setting but then we'll end it there or we'll find some magical way to to fix it or whatever instead of creating this universe um or this series that that it just consists it, it, it persists and so that you can continue to have stories but set them in this you know post-apocalyptic north american setting and it can work people would be all for that mm-hmm all right, continuing the themes of crossovers, I want to talk about Everything Burns, which is a huge crossover right now between the Mighty Thor and Journey into Mystery. And as I said, I haven't been reading Mighty Thor. Uh, the last issue I read was, I think, the new issue number one. But as many people know, I have absolutely been loving Journey into Mystery. And everything I love about what Kieran Gillen is doing on Kenny X-Men, I love it ten times more on, in Journey into Mystery. He He's really great writer. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I don't know what more I can say without sounding like too much of a fanboy, but everything he's written, I've absolutely loved. And what's great about this crossover is Matt Fraction is really good at doing big superhero stuff. Sometimes the characters get away from him, like we've seen in Thor and some of his other stuff. But having that balanced out by Gillen, who is a fantastic character writer, the two of them working together have really come up with a great big huge crossover event because you know as we know as we know going into marvel now all the current comics are ending and this is their way to end thor and journey into mystery you know put their stamp on it and i'm definitely getting a lot more of gillen out of this than i am a fraction just because of his prose style and uh, loki is the main character in the entire story but it has just been fantastic for all all of you uh fangirls out there who love the whole thor loki dynamic going on in avengers this is one you're definitely going to want to see and i know you don't care i could give a rat's ass <laughs> no matter no matter how legitimately good i tell you this is you're never going to look at it yeah but okay let me put it to you this way okay there are thousands of absolutely astounding comic books that I've not yet read that involve characters that I like. <laughs> Why would I read those? The Fair ones enough. that you're ref Fair enough. All right. Uh, Captain Marvel. I know you guys have talked about it almost oh, yeah. weekly. And yeah, I, I love it just as much as you guys do that. I was really looking forward to it coming out. I actually underestimated how good it was going to be. Yeah. Phenomenal writing. Absolutely phenomenal writing. All right. Uh, a 
Gambit. Gambit was at least psychologically on the same level as the new Hawkeye comic. No. Because not I not even hate, close. I hate Gambit. Oh, okay. But I heard so many good things about you know the new comic coming up and James Asmus. No lie, I made it halfway through the first issue. Okay. <laughs> I was like I it's it didn't do it for me. And as I've said, Gambit as a character can be good. I I know I would write a Gambit story that I would really enjoy <laughs> with, you know, focusing on different aspects of the character. But uh, this one absolutely didn't work for me. No, a lot of people are loving it. Didn't work for me. Extreme X-Men. Uh, I don't want to say it's good because it, it's it has some issues. I'm still enjoying it and very interested to see what more they do with it. It's not as good as the Astonishing X-Men arc it's based on. Not but even close. I'm hoping it can get there. So I'm giving it uh, more of a chance because it, it has been fun, but uh, there, there's more depth to these characters that really needs to be shown now that we're getting into the fourth issue. And I'm hoping that, that that's going to come up. Well, see, the problem with it that we're seeing as well is just by very the very nature of what the series is, where they're bouncing around, killing Xavier's kind of thing. And then you're getting the different personalities, the different versions of certain characters in each but you don't have enough time to actually either get to a know them or b care about them because they're not around very long mm -hmm. so and, and then dazzler i'm sorry not digging it i'm not anti-dazzler oh i am i'm not like pro dazzler either so <laughs> you have a button say it <laughs> go go dazzler that's it but I am pro Kid Nightcrawler, so. That, oh, yeah. See, there's not nearly enough of him. <laughs> Way too much of this other Logan, not enough of Kid, the the Kid Kurt. Uh, oh, he had a great scene in issue, I think it was three, too. I, I, it escapes me at the yes. moment. But, yeah, that's yeah. the one where he's saying he's not going to stay behind. Where yeah. Dazzler's telling him, like, you're not going, you're too young, you're going to get hurt. And he's saying, no, I didn't go. And what was he saying? His parents? Something happened to his yeah, parents. I mean, yeah. And uh, he's not doing that again. He's going. So it was like, wow. Good. That's so, awesome. We're, we're seeing glimmer of potential, and that's why I'm still sticking with it. Yeah. As for what I'm not reading before Watchmen, uh, I read a couple of the issue twos, and I think I got as far as comedian and went, I'm done. I I, I don't care. I, I, I gave it my best shot. I read all the number ones and probably half the number twos, and they were all failures on uh, as far as I'm concerned. So sorry, guys, but uh, that is a giant... Uh, miss for me right there i agree i agree i have you probably read more than i did because i tried to read a couple of the twos and the, I... the silk specter one was so bad <laughs> and all the stuff we were saying about the comedian how in issue one like they, they felt the need to try and put him into as many you know pop culture things as possible it was even worse in issue two <laughs> yeah. i only get like i said i'd start them and then i just i wouldn't finish them it's like yeah, nope. I, I think i made it part way through yeah i think i read night owl and i was like i I'm sorry, and uh, you can't say I didn't try because I, I read about seven more issues than I would have liked to. <laughs> yeah, and I think that kind of catches me up for the most part. I'm sure I'll have several other things uh, coming up. But uh, do you have anything you'd like to add? Uh, yes, actually. Okay, so Avenging Spider-Man. Oh, okay. We talked about this privately. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, but you know what? What's funny is that um, I know that. And, and and it's it's obvious if you have uh, and I will even go so far as to say recently lost a loved one, 
a story that pertains to the loss of a loved one is going to hit you like a ton of bricks. Now, I haven't lost anyone recently. <laughs> it's it's kind of harsh talking about it in this tone, but like the last yeah. person I lost was months ago. Still miss them dearly. They meant a ton to me, uh, and it was family. But but I, enough time has passed that you know that that's not there. Every time I'm reading something, I'm not seeing that. So when I read, not the last issue, but the one before, where there is that, it didn't hit me as hard. It, and to the point where myself, I was actually thinking, we've seen too much of this already. This this same kind of thing over and over again at least to me it was a different spin on it though i see i didn't i didn't find that so to me i actually didn't enjoy the issue i i just thought that it it was far too cliched and was something that again we've seen too many times so i actually didn't like it myself and then the dead i had to leave one? the dunkin donuts so yeah the <laughs> the, the, the deadpool one was the worst Spider-Man story I've read. I'm not even. That was a wreck. I can't even. I don't know the, how long. It's. I can't remember reading something worse. Let's put it to you that way. I the cannot. Old good thing about that comic was the panel where the three different spider hams were swinging by. That yeah, that was kind of funny. <laughs> um, but no, I absolutely hated it beginning to end. I thought it was terrible. Um, that said, as we said when I was talking with Sarah, like some people really like Deadpool. And for those people, you'll love this. I, but, I don't know about that. Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't even go that far. It was bad. I, I just, I was floored. Then looking at Deadpool then in Uncanny X-Force, uh, although he really didn't have much to say in, in the latest ones. But we've, we're now having the story with um, the the uh, the kid and who's now been taken over by the Brotherhood. And it's an entirely different story than what we've had so far. I'm not actually digging it as much as what we've had so far, but it still is bloody good. Uh, <laughs> bloody being the operative <laughs> word as well. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, it's been it's been quite good. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where that's going to go as well. The most important thing about that is it's I'm not hating Dokken while I'm reading it. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not seeing it, that much of him. I really like the scenes with him and Sabretooth together though, when they're talking about you know how Wolverine failed him. And as much as it's manipulation instead of, you know, actually being true, there, there's enough of it there that it's it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, it, it is good. Again, I don't think it's as good as what we've read, but knowing how he builds up on stories and knowing the crescendo that he had with the last story arcs, I'm really looking forward to seeing where this is going. And before we move on, uh, just to mention, Rick Remender actually put up on Twitter just before we started recording. The mega arc we're building in Uncanny Avengers will make the Dark Angel Saga stuck stuff look very small in comparison. Oh, Jesus. The Uncanny Avengers stuff builds on the events in Dark Angel Saga, but adds in Kang the Conqueror and Red Skull and much, much more. Uh, that man just oh rules God. on every level. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that for me because we're running late. Okay, so we're going to move into our new releases for the week. And yes, these are for this week. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the last time. It better for be. For Marvel. 
<laughs> got Amazing Spider-Man number 694 moving up to the finale in issue 700. Uh, Captain Marvel number 4, FF number 22. Invincible Iron Man number 525. Journey into Mystery number 644, continuing Everything Burns, which if you're awesome, you actually like. Punisher number 16, which is actually the final issue of that before we get the uh, Punisher Warzone and then move into Marvel now. Secret Avengers number 31. Ultimates number 16. Wolverine and the X-Men number 17, which I have been told by multiple people is the funniest comic of the year. X-Men number 36, X-Men Legacy number 274, and Extreme X-Men number 4. For DC, they're publishing a lot. I don't care about most of them. <laughs> All I care about is Flash number 0 and Talon number 0, which is bringing in the new character coming out of the great stuff we saw in Batman with the Court of Owls. And to round out the list, from Dark Horse, we have Dragon Age, Those Who Speak number yes. 2. From IDW, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Gosh. number 14. Oh, my God. That's been so good. Transformers More Man. Than Meets the Eye number 9 Man. and Transformers Robots in Disguise Annual. Again, just like Godzilla. If you're a fan, <laughs> those have been very good comics. And from Image, we have the first issue of Happy, a new comic from Grant Morrison. And as I said, as much as I've disliked a lot of Grant Morrison's recent work, this is the first time I've seen him actually motivated as a writer in a while, and he can do some really great stuff. So I'm really hoping for this one. Uh, Invincible number 95 and Skull Kickers number Ish. 18, another Tavern Tales issue, which are always fun. So that's going to wrap us up here. For more, you can always find us at comicbookinformer.com, where, as a nice little teaser for you people, I've started up a new uh, format for our weekly new releases that are just posting a list. I'm actually picking my top five picks for that week and uh, giving a little bit a little bit more interesting uh, something for you guys to look at. And, of course, you can find us on Twitter at Comic Book Informer, or at CB Informer. Jeez, that's the second Twitter handle I've messed up in the past week. <laughs> And then just to throw it out there, uh, many of you are aware we have been working on a gaming podcast for the last several years. This week was actually our final episode because we are moving into a more interesting video format. So if you'd like to see our take on, on some more gaming stuff, you can now find us online at internetdragons.tv or straight to our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash internetdragonstv. Uh, hope you guys will join us there because I'm really excited for a lot of the stuff we're doing. Yeah, having fun there. All right. So until then, we'll see everybody next week.